This is Nuance Radio. You are sounding excellent. Thank you. Have, you. Do, do you have a new mic? I sure do. I have a lapel mic today. Ooh, a lapel mic. Nuance Radio invites you to join the conversation that has come to be known as One Bloke Went to Mo. So we're both trying out lapel mics this time. I've got a feeling that I might go back to the other mic. Um, but I think the lapel mic sounds good on you. It does? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not I would say, a professional, so I'll, uh, I'll have to go based on feedback. For sure. Well, it's got my vote, and uh, we'll see what um, our audience says, of which apparently now we're over 50 uh, listeners. Ooh, which nice. is quite amazing, really. Yay. Yeah. And... Um, All the people I harassed. <laughs> but I was saying, um, and actually I was writing down a list, right, of reasons why I'm doing this podcast in the first place mm -hmm. and the number one reason is I think it's just fun it is fun I look forward to this every week no Me lie too. yeah um I don't know it's a lot more healthy than being on social media for me facts I often listen to the radio anyway and tons of podcasts and there's there aren't any podcasts that I have found that come out on Sundays so I thought it would be nice to have that kind of uh, a show. And I don't know, maybe I'm getting homesick after all these years. Oh, you're getting you know? homesick? Oh. I think I am, yeah. No. So, I mean, I, my dad asked me the other day, um, which, why am I starting to watch so much more football or soccer, as you call it? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know, because I, 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 I mean, when it comes to soccer, I. I started watching at a young age from like seven through maybe 14, but then it it got replaced by other things. And so now I've started to watch a lot of soccer again. And also I found myself watching this uh, cartoon that was on in my childhood called Hong Kong Fui. I was watching it on... Um, oh, I know Hong Kong Fui. You don't know Hong Kong I Fui. I do too know Hong Kong Fui. <laughs> okay, I want to play the Hong Kong Fui um, theme song because I found it the other day. Who is the superhero? Sarge? No. Rosemary, the telephone operator? No. Henry, the mild-mannered janitor? Could be Hong Kong Pooey, number one super guy. Hong Kong Pooey, quicker than the human eye. Oh my and gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Such an old cartoon. I don't know why they didn't make a newer version, because the old one, well, it, it was like in the 70s or something, really, it's really old. But, I know Hong Kong Pooey, don't look at me that but, way. <laughs> What I loved about it was he's sort of the underrated guy in the office working in the police station. He's the, you know, the, the guy that no one pays attention to. And yet he sneaks out the back door, puts on his Kung Fu uniform. And, and yet still doesn't actually solve any particular uh, crime because he usually makes a mistake 
but it all ends up working out okay in the end. And sometimes his cat is more useful than he is. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just like, you made it worse. <laughs> he's just a lovable character, I think. And he's kind of a, you know, underdog. I don't know. I think he is a dog. Actually, he, but, he is a dog. Mm -hmm, yeah. And then I was really hoping that we could get more local people involved. I mean, I think about... Uh, some of the work that my dad did with a lot of his friends back in the day where they went over to France and um, they ended up getting Lydney to twin with a city in the north of France called Brehau. And I don't know really what comes of two cities being twinned, but they certainly, um, the schools didn't exchange, right? So if you were a student at the school, you could go over to France and stay with a French family for a week and uh, and then, you know, their child would come over and stay with your family. I mean, it's, that's a great way of um, finding out about a country is actually living there. Yeah. Seeing how people live. I've heard of stuff like that, like exchange students coming to the U.S. and everything. Yeah. I mean, I never mm -hmm. got to experience it or meet anybody who did that because of the schools I went to. But I'd always heard of it. And I was like, does that actually happen? As a kid, I always wondered, like, does that happen? Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, it's just fun. I, I don't, you it know. is. I enjoy it, it. Okay, and it's one of those things, like, you know, if I have, like, a guiding principle, it's always just follow the wind, right? Like, any... Mm -hmm. And I know it sounds idiotic to make decisions in life, like, just based on what you think the wind is telling you, but sometimes I think it's it's like a really deep gut feeling and you know you've had this longing and you I don't know stand outside on a balcony or go for a, a hike you know and you arrive at a hilltop and then suddenly this idea takes moment you of clarity yeah or moment of clarity and you think yeah I need to I need to change a, change my job or move to a new city or I don't know take up the piano, whatever it might be. I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, <laughs> do a, a podcast. There you go. <laughs> right. I, so. I mean, a gut feeling is not something to ignore. I mean, your mm -hmm. gut is more discriminate sometimes than your, your brain. Your brain's going to sit there and think, oh, I can't because all this, this, and this. And your heart's like, that doesn't make me happy. But your gut's like, I don't care what either of you think because mm -hmm. this is what you really need to do. My gut definitely has stopped me from doing a lot of things that I, sh I definitely shouldn't have done and didn't do. My gut right? saved my life a um, few times. Certainly when I was helping customers at Nordstrom and I knew that they were doing something fishy, my gut always told me, like, yeah. this doesn't add up. What, what I'm being presented with doesn't make sense. Yeah, I've learned that you really should trust your gut. Don't ignore that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the wind, it's inspirational. And if you, you know, if you know that kind of moment that I'm talking about, I think sometimes we hear it and we don't act upon it. And those can be our biggest regrets. Anyway, um, on with the news. Some of the news in actually from our feedback is that you are somehow able to speak without pausing or saying, um, or which I do a lot. Me? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, no. On the first, like, first two podcasts, or the very first one, I became painfully aware of how many times I was saying, uh, 
Um, I said it way much. And I just remembered something my uh, history teacher graded us on for our history projects. We had to go up to the front of the class. Of course, this was the worst time. And we had to give our presentation and she was going to critique our actual presentation and our research and then count how many times we said um and i was so paranoid uh -huh. that i didn't speak for like 30 <laughs> seconds because i wanted to say um i got a hundred on it because my research was correct and i didn't say um i just sat there it was like staring at my note card with like this intensity and my class was just looking at me and my teacher was like is she gonna faint because i don't even think i was breathing <laughs> you know i listened to the radio what well, um radio like four and radio five in england and a lot of uh, npr a lot of talk radio right mm -hmm. um, and podcasts and so now I am acutely listening to people and the way they speak. And Isn't it so annoying? Even more than I was before. I thought I paid attention before. Now I'm paying even more attention. Okay, so what was this thing? Local news. Well, actually, I was relieved. I have to start off with this. That mm -hmm. um, over in England, Margaret Thatcher she withdrew her proposal to you know uh, lower the tax rate for the rich okay not margaret thatcher um liz truss sorry liz truss liz okay. truss yeah um fall weather is still here and i'm loving it oh i'm loving it too yes. my tree's changing colors it's so nice the trees are changing colors and uh getting ready for halloween i love halloween you do love halloween i love spooktober spooktober i love the whole month <laughs> okay um i know our kids are trying to decide what they're gonna wear i think we might have a, a blue ninja blue ninja might be making an appearance blue ninja okay so i yeah. asked um but, uh, yeah but it's blue ninja okay nice yeah, not ninja <laughs> I asked uh, my little girl what she wanted to be, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with this game that this character's from. Some people listening might. She wanted to. She wants to dress up as Dutch Vanderlyn from Red Dead Redemption 2. She saw me play it, and she watched a funny little parody about Dutch and Arthur, and now it's a thing in the house. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, I'm proud of you, but also there's no way I can explain this costume. <laughs> Everybody's going to be like, who are you supposed to be? She's like, I'm Dutch. <laughs> there's no way to explain it. Oh my goodness. So anybody who's played that game knows exactly who I'm talking about and probably knows all the funny stuff that goes along with that. You reminded me, I, I have to mention this because I know my mother will write and, and mention it. We, in, in, my, in primary school, so age five, we we were big fan well me and my family i guess and my other friends were a big fan of the um, mr men series by roger hargreaves so they had mr strong mr tickle um, oh the, mr. The, yeah, yeah i think i know who you're talking about mm -hmm. yes um mr sneeze mr sneeze and mr bump who was, was covered in bandages and so me and my friends dressed up as four of these characters and the people at the school had never heard of it. What? Never heard of these books. It wasn't like it was on TV yet. It was, you know, they didn't it was just read the I don't know. On cultured but we swine. But we were so upset. I was Mr. Tickle. Oh, was I Mr. Tickle? No, Mr. Sneeze. So I had a big, long red nose and he had like sharp, <laughs> sharp edges. 
I know. I'm sorry. I punched my mic, everyone. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's funny. You want to go with something recognizable that most people know, I think. If you want to be, you know, if that's what you're going for. And I'm presuming this is an adult game, is it? Yeah. Yeah. She's just seen me play it, and I don't let her watch the parts of the game that are inappropriate. Right. But she's seen Dutch and Arthur argue back and forth about money and whatnot. She knows it's a game. I'm like, you don't do this stuff, Emma. You don't go rob a bank with your horses (laughs) and your your buddies. Did you have a, a topic for us to, uh, this week um, that you might mm-hmm. want to talk about either now or later? Uh, we'll probably bring it up in just a little bit. I am going to mm-hmm. talk about electric cars mm-hmm. and okay. some of the stuff about that. You know, the pros and cons, goods and bads about it. Because, you know, mm-hmm. there's goods and bads about everything. And when I do talk about it, it's not to dissuade anybody from electric cars. Because I like them. Mm-hmm. I may have negative things to say. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I hate them. I actually want one eventually right. as a second vehicle. But, gotcha. you know, we'll, we'll get on that in a bit. Okay. And going on the news in West Plains, I do know something fun that is happening. Oh, yeah? What's yeah. that? Uh, downtown West Plains group is going to host a fall block party. Oh. Yeah. Nice. The West Plains Downtown Revitalization Board will host a fall block party from noon to 5 p.m. on October 15th. So mark that down. Okay. On Court Square. So right. Right downtown. Mm-hmm. The block party is the first event in the newly reorganized Downtown Revitalization Board. They got like new people funding, all kinds of good stuff, and promises to be a family-friendly festival and fall event so they're going to have tons of stuff and that news was posted just like a day ago or so that sounds great so yeah i'm looking forward to october 15th noon downtown october 15th got it yes oh and also thank you for making me an administrator on the facebook page i will be posting links that i have for some of the information that i've gathered yeah awesome i need some help with that so what have you got well, I noticed that the Avenue Theatre has made quite a um, comeback in recent years. Yeah, they have been making a lot of uh, shows and whatnot. They have, yeah. I, I, um, I wasn't aware of this. So it looks like they are next doing the Beverly Hillbillies. Really? Mm-hmm. I've seen that October show. October 14th through the 30th. Okay. Yeah, well, everyone remembers that show, don't they? Yeah, you I know, mean, not many people now, but I remember watching it. Some people probably say, you're not that old. I'm like, that's okay. There's something called reruns. <laughs> um, over in the forest, they have been... Um, now, okay, so there's a place called Speech House, which is kind of like an old courthouse, but you've got to then imagine that it's in the middle of this beautiful oak forest, you know, with deer running around and... There's no undergrowth, you know, it's all very low-cut grass in between the trees, so you can walk anywhere. Sounds nice, um, actually. And beautiful old building, and it's called Speech House. And they have been having a, um, like a food showcase. So Ooh. lots of people that make foods, like, you know, cheeses and ciders and chutney. And sold. Um, lots of cakes I, I saw, and scones. Scones. And, and things like that. I've made but, scones. Um, I don't know. I love cheese. Right? Cheese is amazing. And what I really wish there was, I really wish there was chutney here or um, pickle. 
you know, not only the green pickles that you're talking about, like I looked at one of the recipes for doing a uh, Branston pickle, which is the one uh, famous brand over in England. And it has all kinds of things in it. I mean, it has, uh, what do you call them? Rutabagas, which is... Rutabagas? Um, what is that, a Swede? A Swede, yeah. Yeah. Y'all call them Swedes, we call them Rutabagas. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has raisins. I mean, it's got brown sugar in, onions, uh, cabbage, I think, uh, all kinds of things. What do you and, What do you do and, with it? And so you, you, you chop up all the vegetables, and you dice them, you know, cook them, and it makes a kind of, uh, I don't know, it's a, like a chutney where it's like a sauce and you can put it on, uh, on your cheese crackers or in your cheese sandwich. Oh. It, it really complements cheese really well. Okay, so it's like a, I would say like a, a, a chunky salsa mm-hmm. almost. Okay, yeah, but yeah. sweeter? Sweeter, yeah. Okay. Not, not spicy. Yeah, hmm. more of a vinegar-based uh, type of... Um, Sweet and sour. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it, <laughs> I wonder if I'm about to make it. some because I ha- for my last birthday last year I had my dad send me two jars of it, Ooh. and they lasted about a month. <laughs> Less than a month. How big were the jars? Uh, just like a normal, you know, jelly jar. You know, like okay. a, like a tin of uh, tomatoes. You know. All right. So are you getting homesick for the food? Or? Yeah, I guess so. You know, I was looking at all of these things. But you really should try the restaurant in Springfield called London Calling. You'll like it. You've told me about this. You need to try it. I think I need to go. You really need to. They have, I know I'm just like doing like a almost free promo here, but they're that's really a, good. Okay. They have two food trucks. They have their newest food truck, which is a fish and chips truck. Specifically just that. And then their other one is Pasties. And they have really good food. I have had people try it and they're like, oh, what's this? It's weird. What is it? It looks weird. What's inside? I'm like, well, this one is chicken tikka masala. Eat it. This one is the traditional Cornish one. Eat it. And this other one is their special Oktoberfest one. You don't get to have any because it's mine. (laughs) And yes, that is a fact. I will eat that one and not share. They have stuff from England that a lot of people from there are just absolutely shocked to see this little restaurant have. It's in the mall, in the Battlefield Mall. All right. uh, I'm going. It's called, what is it called? It's a a salad dressing. It's called Salad Cream. Mm -hmm. They have it there. The owner specifically orders those things. He's got candy from there. He's got beers from there because he has a beer license. So if you go to the Battlefield Mall, you'll, you'll love it. I promise you'll just love it. Just go. I, I love it already. Just go. I love it already. Yeah. <laughs> they got Guinness gravy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, just go. Wow. Just just pack everyone up and go there tomorrow. <laughs> huh. Okay. Other news from over. This is actually from a town called Stroud, right? Which is probably about thirty miles away from Lydney, um, on the other side of the river. But um, again, there wasn't much going on in Lydney. Um, it's such a quiet place. This, is what, this yeah. is what I love about it. But anyway, I had to show, share this story because it sounds really bad, right? But um, you'll see why I brought it up. A man was banned from begging in Stroud Town Centre. Um, now, there is, I don't know what the situation is over there. He was obviously being way too aggressive. I mean, normally people are very charitable, but, you know, um, obviously he was becoming a nuisance to the point 
But his name was Stephen King. <laughs> and so the headline, the headline is yeah, Stephen King is arrested for begging. <laughs> his latest book, Begging. Oh no. I don't know. It's an unfortunate, you know. <laughs> Uh, doppelganger, no, not namesake. Does he look like that? I don't even know what Stephen King looks like. It's no, terrible. He, he looks nothing like Stephen okay. King. Okay. Yeah. Oh they're my. having some strikes over there. Have you heard? No, I yeah, haven't. The, the, rail, the train drivers or the railway workers were on strike. Um, oh, I thought that was just here in the States. No, they threatened to here in the States. Oh. Um, but they may have come to the negotiating table about that. Oh, okay. I think they're putting that to a vote. But, um, yeah, I was watching the soccer last Saturday, watching the football, and they were complaining that, you know, everyone who had to get to the, the stadium um, had to drive or walk or take a bike because uh, there were no trains running up and down the country wow. on, on that Saturday. So, Oof. Yeah. And now it looks like... Um, that sucks for people who don't have cars. looks like maybe some nurses are, you know, looking at a... Well, actually, there's fear of a national strike, which would mean anyone who's associated with a union would go on strike. So that could be, you know, the people that collect the trash, you know, I don't know. You know, nurses could mean a whole wow. complete shutdown for a day. Goodness, that's, you know. that's not good at all. Like, I know. I'm curious, like, what's exactly causing it? Because... Pardon my ignorance. I, I don't know. Um, well, basically, inflation okay. and uh, wages not keeping up with inflation. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes so, sense. You know, which is another reason why, um, you know, when they talk about printing money in these situations, they the common misperception, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, is that... Um, the government is printing money and therefore that's what's causing inflation when uh, clearly what happened is you know uh, Russia started a war and a lot of the OPEC countries decided hey you know uh, we're gonna have a problem with energy and so even on the futures market all the prices of oil went up so what happens is really wages should go up right if inflation goes up wages should go up and this is this moment of reset that we're in. Do you, have you looked into how inflation should have grown with wages yet? Because I looked into it. Based on the rate of inflation, we should be like in like 30 some odd dollars an hour. Yes. Yeah. It's really high. Just that, to have a standard of living. That sounds a bit right because I think I remember looking at it in 2016. And it was around about $25 an hour then. It's going to be interesting what happens over there. You mm -hmm. know, obviously we normally cover with local events, but in England, a national strike is local and it's everywhere. Yeah, you know, it's well, that's it's, the whole country shutting down. Yeah, the whole country. I mean, right. over here in the states, if that happens, which we've had government shutdowns before, mm -hmm. and you know that was its own weird thing, but oh, when um, in New York the. Um, the waste disposal, the people that pick up the trash. They went on when, strike. And they went and on strike and then there just, was piles and piles of rubbish in the streets. Yes. Trash in the streets. Sorry. You, you can call it rubbish, I don't care. <laughs> um, use whatever you want to say. I, I know what you're talking about. And you mentioned energy, which is also another thing. Grids in California are having a hard time. Are they? Yes. 
So California is obviously having a lot of heat problems. And uh -huh. <clears throat> so their people will run their air conditioners naturally. Right. You know, it's hot over there. It is hot in some places. Some places it's nice. You're saying this, but the people in England probably don't even have air conditioners. No, I've, so. I've tried to talk to people from right. the UK before and they don't know what an irrigation system is. Hmm. They're like, what is that? I was like, it's I'm sorry. It's a hose. I had to explain what an in-ground yeah. irrigation system was. And they're like, a hose we don't have can. that. And I was like, oh yeah, it rains all the time over there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, California is having issues with their grid. Hmm. They're not producing enough power to keep up with demands and you know they recently did a whole we're gonna ban all gas engines now this gas and diesel now this isn't just cars we're talking about this is also lawn mowers uh, pressure washer engines little string trimmers any kind of gas powered engine so this is including wow. your motorcycles too now it's going to be in a couple years but they're not going to allow the production of new ones wow and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, cool, do whatever California is going to do. But they're already getting immediate problems from it. They're yeah. asking people already to not charge their electric cars when they get home. They're already asking people to not charge their cars because it's putting strain on the grid. And I'm like, hold on. You're telling everybody to switch over to electric everything. But your grid system can't even keep up with it yet. Hmm. It's causing brownouts and blackouts. And that's not cars using the 110, you know, regular plug-in, or even the 220. It's people who are getting the big wall charging, the high-powered ones. I don't even know the electrical pull uh -huh. that those things do. But they put heavy strain on the grid. And if your grid system isn't up to snuff, you have people who can afford those big uh, fast charging boxes yeah. and then you have other folks like say me who are plugging into 110 or a 220 outlet just you know hey I'm going to charge it overnight mm -hmm. people aren't going to not charge their cars they got to get to work in the morning they're going to plug in their vehicles they're going to and then you have you know neighborhood associations who are like hey your grass can't be this tall they have to charge the small battery packs mm -hmm. for their electric mowers if that's what they're going to do right so they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot and they could have gone about it better. Hmm. Like if you want everyone to switch over, your infrastructure needs to be able to handle the switch over. Right. So that's where I'm looking at. I'm like, y'all are really making life hard for yourself right now. I wonder if there was anything in the infrastructure bill for electric cars i think that's what they want to do they want to put in charging stations right a lot of charging stations i'm like okay cool do that i like the idea i found a map um, recently of charging stations up in you know wherever you you put in a zip code and it tells you how many yeah there's a surprising number out there actually yeah they're popping up yeah they're they definitely are. popping up in major cities, at least, you know? Yeah. There's three I do. or four here and there. There's three here now? I only um, know the one. No, right here, I only know the one down at Moreland Ford uh, that they have on the corner of the showroom. Oh, I just know about the one at the hotel. Oh. Yeah, there's one at the hotel across oh, that's from Walmart. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's sitting there. Yeah, I have seen that one. I've seen that one used, so I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's neat. Yeah. When I mean infrastructure for this, I mean think everybody in West Plains having an electric car plugging in. We think our water boil thing is common. Just imagine the number of brownouts and blackouts. 
right. just everybody cranking out like the 220s because mm -hmm. there's quite a few people around here who are handy enough to rig one up. Well, I've got 220 in my... Yeah, your dryer, your washer dryer systems. Right. So those use that mm -hmm. or stoves. Like they're mm -hmm. not hard to install, but they still draw more power. Right. And that does put a load. Right. Maybe a little underestimating certain things. Like I'm not saying that these things can't be upgraded. Maybe their timeline is optimistic then. Yes, that's that's a mm -hmm. good one. They're they're very optim overly toxic positivity. There you go. And that is a thing. Toxic positivity is an actual thing. And I think that's what they got going. So I always have a subject on my mind for the week. And uh, this week, I think based on something that you and I were talking about, oh, okay. I decided to really explore midlife crises. Mm -hmm. Did I not? I yeah, did, you I, mentioned that to I, me. I mentioned yeah. it. But I don't yes. know if I said I was going to talk about it. You didn't elaborate how but, much you were going to go into it. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I have this feeling that everyone goes through a midlife crisis even if they don't know that they did, um, I think when they look back, um, I think it often happens sort of in the mid thirties. And yes, it's often, you know, depicted like in movies like American Beauties that the, you know, the guy goes out and buys a flash car and <laughs> uh, the woman has an affair or at least starts dressing more provocatively, um, maybe takes up, shooting at the local gun range to get out of frustration <laughs> that was um i but, think everybody has like varying degrees of i guess extremes yeah and um I, you know part of the reason for doing this show right is for me it's a very selfish one it's to leave something for my boys to listen to maybe in the future i think it'd be interesting because I've actually got a, uh, a recording from my grandfather. I interviewed him when I was like nine or something. Aww. <laughs> and it's so cute to listen to. Um, Aww. Uh, so it's a historical thing. Um, it's also uh, just a way of processing things for me. Like it's, it's certainly cheaper than going to a therapist. Yeah. Right? I can go and <laughs> talk to you. Uh, and you can ask me things and I'm suddenly... I'm a therapist. I <laughs> I'm 100% qualified to help you with all of your problems. Well, they're not problems anymore, but they... Um, See, it's working. <laughs> I think I forget um, quite easily things that happened, which is a good thing, you know, but um, when I talk to someone else, it helps me draw those things or remind me of those things. Yeah, speaking about them helps process, that's for sure. So I'm just going to say to the in the in the future, kids, if you're listening to this and you're like in your mid thirties now, um, I'm sorry if uh, I passed on <laughs> my uh, behavior traits to you. So um, I hope you're not too fixated on correcting people's grammar or um, worried about leaving wet towels on the bed or <laughs> not rinsing your dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. <laughs> I hope these, those things haven't messed you up too much. But, um, <laughs> I doubt that's going to mess Can you at least thank me for never spanking you or, you know, like being too outrageous, uh, you know, 
hopefully you don't have any memories to the contrary. <laughs> <laughs> and if if you do, then uh, I guess I blame Ben and Joe because it wasn't working. <laughs> so remember, now, kids, brush your teeth and go to sleep at a decent time. <laughs> yes. Now I, I'm glad that we've mastered that. That took a long time. You know, oh, yeah? mastering the uh, getting them to clean their teeth yeah, every morning. Oh, every I'm struggling. Yeah, <laughs> I'm struggling um, teaching. Hair brushing, still haven't got there yet. Um, but we can put shoes and socks on pretty much. Um, we can do pretty much everything, so that's that's good. But yeah, I am. One of the things that I often think about when I think about my parents, right, is this poem by Philip Larkin. Uh, called This Be The Verse, and I'm not going to read it to you because uh, this is a family show, but basically what he's saying <laughs> is you really can't help it as a parent. You are going to pass on a lot of mannerisms, behaviors, uh, certainly the way you speak, your accent. A lot of those things get passed on to the kids, and you can't, you, you know, good or bad, it doesn't really matter. And And sometimes... I know this is going to sound like a strange criticism, right? But my my mother's belief mm -hmm. was um, that you should never ask for things, right? If you're around at, a, 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 at someone's house, um, it's very impolite to ask for things. And I know it sounds proper, right? Because a good host would offer you a glass of water. They, you know, they'd, yeah. they'll offer you a snack to eat. Right? A good host would do that. But if you're visiting foreign countries, that might not be part of their culture. If you're sitting there asking them, you know, waiting for them to offer you something and it's just not part of their culture, you can be waiting a long time. Yes. <laughs> you know, so. Speaking of that, there's some Mediterranean and Middle Eastern countries where they'll just offer some people to come in and have dinner with them. Like if they mm -hmm. get a good conversation with like a stranger or foreigner sure. or whatever and they're like hey come to my house and eat right and it's considered extraordinarily rude to say no yeah so it's just like okay guess we're eating mm -hmm. and it's apparently just part of their culture that they're just like hey come eat with us definitely and there's good camaraderie around food that's a lot of what they do with bonding with people is around food i mean it's basically in the old testament yeah it's, it's right like there. come eat mm-hmm mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say is what I realized looking back on that that middle 30 period was there were a lot of questions that came up to me of who really who am I <laughs> you know mm. and what am I doing with my life um, but there was also this need or desire to become someone independent of my parents so I think a lot of people go through their you know their midlife crisis or whatever you want to call it in their mid-30s i think there's a lot of people that go through it at an early age you know maybe they're like the the people that we can't believe that they're so ahead of their time right like sometimes they, the black sheep of the family because they just have to they just have to yeah and so they have their epiphany you know who know you know sometimes at 13 or 17 or uh, and they discover that i don't know music is their life or tennis is their life or something you know they discover that passion early on but um i also think it's okay 
uh, going through this process to understand then that a lot of the ways that we behave or that we've learned to behave aren't really weren't our choice they were we were just mimicking our parents and so in that realization there's some freedom that comes from looking at the behavior patterns that you're currently doing you can initially want to blame your parents for it but you could also just say well that's pretty normal because every other child copies their parents or um, I mean even if they don't have parents they'll probably end up like me copying my parents and a couple of notable teachers at my school right yeah um, I mean to a certain extent whenever I played football soccer I was in my mind uh, emulating Ken O'Dowd Gleish right I wanted to be like him you know that's the type of that's the kind of learned behavior from watching someone yeah we could really dive into a whole segment on the psychology of this Definitely. we certainly could but my point is, has, has come back to like a very simple way of understanding things in that if you grow up in a house that speaks Russian, you're probably going to end up speaking Russian as an mm -hmm. adult, right? Yeah. So if you grow up with a mother who is very focused on hygiene, mm -hmm. you, you could have a tendency to become quite fixated about hygiene. You're not, you're not going to learn as a child um, independently from your parents. Uh, you know, certainly not like at, at five or seven or... I mean, the separation begins, right, at, at a certain point, maybe seven, eight, nine. I think know. it starts right around there. Cause I think I was joking that my eight-year-old called me by my first name the other day. Yeah, and you said you sensed rebellion, <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> It was already called me by my first name before. She only and does that when I'm not listening. <laughs> She's like, Victoria. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so actually, I was quite um, excited when he did that because I thought, yes, he's becoming his own person already. No, you know. that's okay. Yeah, you know. Take some positive from it. I know people who, adults who get, uh, I say adults, I am an adult, other adults <laughs> older than me. Yeah who get all kinds of bent out of shape if a kid calls an adult by their first name. I'm like, I don't care, it's my name. Emma's called me by my name before. She's walked in there and she was like, Victoria! And I looked at her and I was like, what lady? And it was just lighthearted. It was mm -hmm. just because I wasn't paying attention. But again, to me, you know, having gone through this process, I now see that type of behavior as someone's pride, right? They're, mm -hmm. The pride thinks of themselves as um, an older person who should be respected and therefore dressed properly. You know, like they're the queen or something. Okay. And so if you're not using mom and they expect you to use mom, they get offended. But how would I know that they want to be addressed that way? You know, I've not met them before. So she she mostly calls me mom. There's just the occasional time that she calls me by my first name, and she knows it will get my a knee jerk reaction of what child. <laughs> I never get angry at her about it. There's no point in getting angry. Yes. Well, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and that can definitely shape somebody's behavior too. Is getting angry about something that doesn't deserve it. 
Indeed, yes. This is what I'm talking about. This is the telltale sign, right? Mm -hmm. If you still get mad at things that really have no consequence, maybe question, you know, look into that. I'm like, right? why are you getting angry? Like, there's no respect. I'm like, does that mean you weren't respected? Does right. it dwindle? Does it go down to that kind of alleyway? Mm -hmm. Usually it does, yeah. I mean, the most embarrassing thing for me was to discover how much I projected onto other people, right? How mm -hmm. much I, I could see all their uh, great attributes and I could see all their flaws. And I didn't realize that the only way I could even know what those things were was unless they were also in me. Because ah. I don't know what it's like to be someone else. So, and you know, that uh, level of shyness and insecurity could also bring about paranoia in misreading what people were saying. So never actually listening to someone, always trying to think, what do they really mean by what they're saying right now? And, and this was maybe a habit I, I got back, I started in college, where it became part of the humor between uh, some of us to deliberately say the opposite of what we were thinking because it was like a code and we would know what the other person was talking about. But let's say we were in a restaurant and you know the waitress was listening um, or someone at another table, they would think that we were having a really bizarre conversation. It was, that was a very silly, silly game that we used to play. Oh my goodness, this sounds funny. But I think that's often how people have conversations. They're not really listening. I mean, what I discovered is if you're already thinking of something to say while another person is talking, you, you're not listening. Exactly. Exactly. Like, so many people listen to respond. Uh -huh. They don't listen to hear what the person is saying. Uh -huh. And there's or, a big difference. Or if they say, oh, yeah, you'll never guess what happened to me. You know, I, I fell over in the snow uh, on the way here. And the other person will say, oh, I fell over in the snow once myself. Me. And then suddenly they're talking about them and not this poor person who's just fallen over. They're like, yeah, 20 years ago I fell over in the snow. <laughs> My response, if you came up and you were just like covered in snow, I'd be like, what happened? You'd be like, I fell in the snow. I'd point and laugh at you. I'd be like, ha, ha, you fell. In a good humored way, I'd be like, are you okay though? Mm -hmm. You're good? Okay, I'm gonna still point and laugh. You're gonna tell me next that you're a fan of America's Funniest Home Videos. You are, aren't you? <laughs> Not all of them. Some of them I think are funny, and some I just look at and go like, See, no. I'm, I'm, I'm so empathetic that <laughs> I can't watch those movies. I can only... Because if they hurt their knee, my knee hurts. Oh, goodness. No, uh, yeah. I'm not going to tell you about what happened That's to me today. That's how internalizing, <laughs> how much internalizing I do. No, all I was going to say is there is hope, right? Yeah. Just know from me that uh, it, you probably already, if you think you're going through a midlife crisis, You've probably been going, been going through one for the last couple of years anyway. You just didn't realize it. And the becoming aware of it is what gets you free of it, right? Once you can separate yourself from the thing. Um, anyway, I just want to leave that with a message of hope, right? And uh, Yeah, y'all can get through it. Yes. We believe in you. We know you can do it. Definitely. Let's talk about cars.
Alrighty, cars. So, I mean, I can start with some of the uh, the negatives. The main thing about electric cars. Yeah, let's cars. have the bad news first. Okay, bad news. You want yeah. bad news? Okay, mm -hmm. so I came across an article by Emily Brooks, which I will post a link on the Facebook page. Thank you. And it's a pretty quick read, about seven ten minutes, mm -hmm. depending on how fast you read. Anyway, and she goes on to talk about the different major effects of lithium mining because oh. electric cars are primarily lithium ion batteries oh yes yes and that's a lot of thing that's a thing that most people don't think about with electric cars is like hey i'm driving a green vehicle i'm not putting out emissions etc i'm like okay cool but mm -hmm. there's other things besides that um and this isn't me saying electric cars are bad i'm not saying they're bad um, I like electric cars. I like hybrid cars. I like so gas powered. I like diesel. I just like them all. Where do they get the lithium from? Okay, so lithium is mined in several major places. Uh, I couldn't pronounce the name. It's from Chile. Mm -hmm. That's one of the one of the big ones. Right. They do mine for lithium in the states mm -hmm. in a few places. Okay. And there's a couple places in China. And a few other ones, but they mostly mine for lithium in really dry places that I have see. a very sensitive water ecosystem. Like right. it has to rain a certain amount for the ecosystem to balance because it's so dry there. Mm -hmm. Now I can list off things about lithium mining, mm -hmm. and then I can go on to an alternative that I would really like to take off that oh. the University of Queensland in Australia came up with. Now, oh, okay. the major effects of lithium mining, the number one thing is that it pollutes water systems. Hmm. It takes about, how much every, it takes 500,000 gallons of water to get one ton of lithium. Wow. And lithium's not light. Mm -hmm. So it takes 500,000 gallons of water and that water can never be used again. It's either evaporated, 95% of it's evaporated, or it's toxic. And the filtration process is too expensive for them to justify. Right. Now, it also, oddly enough, increases carbon dioxide emissions. For not just the machinery. The big <clears throat> machines, yes, they have to use heavy diesel machinery to do the digging. If you've ever seen a lithium mine, it's this giant cone that goes down. Uh -huh. So they have to have big machines for that. There's no way around it. Right. At least not now. Right. And the other part of that is that they're removing green plants. Trees love to suck in carbon dioxide and release oxygen for us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, grass and other small plants. So when they're stripping that away and using those big machines, it kind of negates it. I'm not even talking about coal plants or other energy sources we use to charge anything and those two things right there can negate hundreds of thousands of electric vehicles unfortunately and then there's the misuse of the gallons of water that they use okay. that 500,000 gallons of water uh -huh. could go to the communities less than a couple miles away from these lithium mines okay and they're suffering from that and letting that runoff go into farmland or ecosystems in the area can damage them as well. And that leads into depleting fertile land. If farmers can't farm on regular open land, they're gonna to have to cut down trees to make new land to farm on, thus 
removing more oxygen producing plants to grow food in order to survive. Uh, one of the other causes is respiratory problems. That's mostly for the miners. Right. But this stuff does still get in the air and it does travel. Right. It also messes up the water table. Mm-hmm. And the water table is vital for people way down the line. It creates an unsustainable water table because it messes it up. They have to suck water up, uh, the 500,000 gallons, just for a ton. And they need tons upon tons upon tons of lithium to make the batteries that work for your phone, right. laptops. And I'm not just blaming electric cars. It's, it's phones and laptops and anything that requires lithium. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a problem with that. Massive mining produces a lot of waste. They use sulfuric acid. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple other crazy chemicals they used to make the lithium precipitate. And then they let all that water evaporate and all the chemicals go with it. And then they collect up the lithium. So you have magnesium and zinc and sulfur waste that can't so far be used for anything. Right. So you have these cesspools of just toxic. And that can leach down into your aquifers and water systems, unfortunately. And that goes into tampering with the water cycle. And, you know, you can say all these negative things and people will go, well, what's the alternative? Uh What is the alternative? In uh, her article, the first one is stop using lithium batteries. I was thinking, well, okay, we need an alternative then. Obviously, we're not going back to lead acid batteries. Uh And there's a few universities, I think the University of Texas and the University of Queensland, they were all going back and forth about batteries that are more sustainable and reusable. Uh And I believe it was Queensland, the University of Queensland was coming up with the aluminum ion battery. Okay. You can get aluminum from recycling easily. Right. There's so much aluminum, like drinking sodas, drinking beer. Uh, You have pins that are sometimes made of aluminum. You can have aluminum sheeting leftovers. Those can be used to make aluminum ion batteries. Aluminum ion batteries are three times more powerful per ion. Aluminum ion batteries are a class of rechargeable battery. This is an article from Wikipedia. I'll post it if you'll need it. It's a class of rechargeable battery in which aluminum ions serve as charge carriers. Okay. You can recycle the aluminum batteries and they can become more aluminum batteries and they don't lose anything. Wow. Aluminum can exchange three electrons per ion. This means that one aluminum ion is equivalent to three lithium. So it's like the change rate when we went from lead acid to lithium. Uh They got three times better. Well, aluminum is touting three times more. Queensland is actually planning on getting that out there as soon as they can. So I look forward to them doing that in Queensland. The uh, graphene aluminum ion battery cells from the Brisbane-based Graphene Manufacturing Group, or GMG, are claimed to charge up to 60 times faster than even the best lithium-ion cells and hold three times the energy as the best aluminum-based cells. So they're making aluminum-ion, not just aluminum cells, aluminum-ion. And they're planning on getting them out there in about a year or two. Awesome. They're going to try and offer them as upgrades for people's vehicles. Now, you know, me talking about this, 
people can talk a lot of smack about electric cars. I'm, <laughs> they really can. Well, what everything I read just sounds absolutely awful. They can talk a lot of smack. <clears throat> about yes, they cars, can. They? People talk a lot of smack about Prius. Mm. I have one. I mm. think they're great. I used to have one. Yeah, they are. They are great. very good. Mm -hmm. You have the benefits of electric and gas gasoline. You can go for miles. Mm -hmm. And the last awful thing I'll say about batteries or electric cars is that battery upgrades are very expensive. As of right now, they are very expensive. It's $18,000 for a new Nissan Leaf battery. Wow. Yes. And uh, there's a guy on YouTube named Scotty who did a review of the electric smart car. It's perfect for town for me. I mean, I, I think it's cute. Oh, those tiny ones. Teeny tiny, but they have right. an electric one. They're more stable. They charge in like three to six hours, depending on the depletion. And mm -hmm. they're just, they just are great. I'm like, that's fantastic. I don't have to use my big old truck for just a half a mile drive. You just scoot with an electric car and scoot back and you're done. So some positives yes. about electric cars. Please. They're easy yeah. to work on. Oh, good. <clears throat> and by work on, the average person is not going to have to do much other than tires, brake pads, coolant. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and there's not much you can really do as far as, say, repair. Now, there are specialists because it is a high-voltage battery pack. I'm not denying that. You can hurt yourself or die mm -hmm. by picking around in there. Now, they are far more energy efficient than a gas or diesel-powered engine. Okay. So, electric cars' efficiency rating is around 85 to 90% efficient. Um, meaning what, really? Meaning, for every kilowatt you're using, uh -huh. that's how much efficiency you're getting out of it. Oh. Yeah, that I you're see. actually using that energy and it's not being wasted. Right, through mm, heat or something. Through heat, yes. That's gotcha. the big thing. Now, for a gas-powered engine like my truck, for example, mm -hmm. I'm probably lower than this at a low speed, but I'm looking at anywhere from 17 to 21% efficiency. Wow. Yes. And that gets worse if you use cruddy fuel. Right. If you use higher-grade fuel, you get better efficiency. Nice But electric vehicles definitely have a big turnaround as far as efficiency there's nothing wrong with that they use less energy getting you from a to b i mean right if i were to use an electric smart car to just go up to walmart that's like two miles away mm -hmm. i'm using less energy more efficiently mm -hmm. than i would with my v8 right which is probably not going to be happy about a two mile drive internal combustion engines don't like short drives they're meant to run long distances and shorter drives just for you guys out there who don't know the shorter the drives you do with a gas or diesel powered car the more gunk you're going to build up hmm. they have to get up to temp that blasts that carbon out so they don't become more inefficient or die right so you're using less energy which means less so is being produced so you're saying i can rev my engine in the driveway I mean, you that, can. Vehicles typically don't like to idle, but revving your engine, you're not moving, so you're not gaining anything out of it. Uh -huh. I mean, you can't rev an engine in a, a uh, electric car. I mean, you would just probably just shoot off somewhere because it's instant torque. <laughs> I do like that about electric cars, the instant torque. Instant torque. Yes. Huh. So you're not having to get up. Like for gas engines, they have to spool up to a certain RPM for that model. Right. 
But for electric vehicles, if it says it has 100 foot-pounds of torque, it's right as you press the gas. Wow. So their acceleration is vastly superior. Oh. Yes. So if we can get a wider range of energy supplies for electric cars, great. All for it. Yes, absolutely. Just no lithium. Yeah, sure. Let's get that. Those, yeah. They even have, um, I think it was Texas. The University of Texas is trying to do salt batteries, which wow. sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's the Tesla Model X. It mm -hmm. beat an Alfa Romero 4C sports car in a drag race while wow. towing an Alfa Romero 4C sports car. <laughs> sure. It's the torque. Now, yeah. Tesla, I, I have some mm -hmm. mm, about Tesla cars, mm -hmm. but you can't deny the torque. An I'm not going to deny the torque. No, no. torque does not care and if there's one thing my dad taught me is pay attention to the torque <laughs> yeah i'm not kidding he did yes he said, torque is important torque is well you know you're plowing any attachments that you put on the tractor it's all about torque yes yeah now there's another one now tesla is the big name right now for electric cars mm -hmm. so they're using a lot of teslas because right. they have the real beefed up mm -hmm. you know publicly available and there's also the acceleration of the Tesla Model S Plaid, zero to 60 in 1.99 seconds. Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, think about that. Zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds. No way. So that's faster than, I don't know what. I don't know if a cheetah can do One, that acceleration. Two, and you're already there. Wow. One. And probably by the end of the time you say one, you're at 60. Now that <laughs> that doesn't mean you should do that. That depletes your battery quickly because you are blasting through your torque. Now the other one mm -hmm. is a Volkswagen Volkswagen IDR trying to beat the Pikes Peak Hill Climb electric car record and actually setting an all-powertrain all-time record over 15 seconds faster. And the record still hadn't been broken yet. Wow. So electric cars, that torque can really make a difference. It's all about the torque, man. Yeah, when you tell it to go, it goes. Electric cars are soon going to be cheaper to buy because a lot more coming off of the pre-owned yeah. market. Now, there's a downside to that. Mm -hmm. It means the battery depletion is probably down a third. Right. So you only have two-thirds of a fully functioning battery. And the warranties. Right. So most... People don't really need anything over 40 miles for electric cars most of the time. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying they make a good second car option. But they will be coming to the market cheaper. Right. Let's see. They're convenient to own. Like I said, you can recharge them at work or home if it's possible. Mm -hmm. So if you go home and you live on the third floor of an apartment complex, there's issues with that. Right. Right. So you have to take that into uh Some people are making like community-owned ones, right? I think. So like if you live in a block of flats uh, or apartments, you know, you might all own jointly, you know, half a dozen downstairs and use them that way. Yeah, that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Now, a cool feature that I like about electric cars, which is really useful in the wintertime, is that if you are capable of having them plugged in overnight, you can set a feature where the car will warm itself up for you. So if you're coming out and there's snow everywhere, you're nice. going to be getting into a toasty warm car. Nice. Because they have to keep themselves warm for the battery. Can you get toasters in them? 
Toasters? Electric cars? Do electric cars have electric toasters? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? And a coffee maker. Mmm, delicious. Nice. And a fun fact. Hmm. Did you know yeah. that... You, oh, you knew this already. No. Okay. <laughs> so electric cars actually predate gas-powered cars. I did know that because I listened to Freakonomics. Do you and know they were women? Talking about, uh, it's around about the same time they invented a steam car, an electric car, and a combustion engine. So my, <laughs> my fun little tidbit is, is this. Tidbit or tidbit? Tidbit. Yeah. Around 1832, Robert Anderson developed the first crude electric vehicle. Wow. And it wasn't until the 1870s or later that electric cars became practical. Mm -hmm. And then they vanished. Yeah. So that's my little spiel on electric cars. Some people might think I hate them. I don't. If you want to, uh, you know, comment, send us your ideas, you can write to our email, which is media at nuanceradio.com with a hyphen in between nuance and radio or you can find us on facebook and we have a new administrator for that uh, which is victoria thank you i did notice we had one comment on facebook or two comments by the same person and they were really negative i think they were living living over in england they were and, negative and they um I would say, I think my advert was saying something like, you know, here come the ants, right? Or um, we were going to be talking about ants and she posted a meme saying, nobody cares. <laughs> and I just thought, okay. When did that post? Hang the, on. Well, oh, my phone's dying. I thought this was a brilliant example of what I was talking about. If, if you think you're close to a midlife crisis, it might be when you start posting on some, someone else's <laughs> podcast that nobody cares. It's just like that because, funny SpongeBob meme. And oh, no, no, think about it. Like, think about suck. it, right? <laughs> no, think about it because you took the time to actually write nobody cares. Yeah, you obviously right? care a lot. <laughs> Thank you for your concerns, by the way. Now, I see I have this nice one right here oh. where, they, they, where they look forward to listening to us so somebody likes <laughs> Yeah, there's that nice one. No, we have lots of people that like us because we like people, you know? I mean, on the podcast, we like people. Secretly, you know, we don't like anyone, but <laughs> on the podcast, we like people. We want good things for good people out there. Yes, we do. All right, have a good week. All right, you have a good one. You've been listening to One Bloke Went to Mode.